Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Regional Roundup. Money FM 89.3. It is now time to turn our attention to headlines coming out from the Southeast Asian region. Malaysia and China likely to strengthen ties through three MOUs. Plus, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Thailand's political scene. And on the line to help me out is Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, welcome back. How are you? Well, nice to talk to you again. Still in the UK? Yes, I'm in Edinburgh now, uh, right now. <laughs> oh, I think we should get you on tomorrow as well to talk about the European headlines. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, let's talk Malaysia and China strengthening ties. Three MOUs worth $19.84 billion. Uh, Tell us a little bit about this. I think more importantly, how does this help Malaysia? Well, this is mainly about you know Malaysia exporting more palm oil to China to the tune of uh, almost doubling the, possibly the export volume of palm oil to uh, China. And uh, I think it's mutually beneficial. Of course, Malaysia can use more export uh, palm oil included. But from the China side, as it is now, the, well, entering into this uh, strategic confrontation with the U.S., well, it might not want to buy as much soybean oil from uh, the U.S., and it has to make up for it, and palm oil seems to be a good choice, yeah. Okay. So this is uh, the, the, another side of it is the fact that they've agreed to a form of uh, continual open communication over the South China Sea issue, my gosh, um, does this change the dynamics, not just between Malaysia and China, but the wider region? Not really. I mean, the, the channel has always been uh, open. Uh, whenever there are encounters on the high seas, well, on South China seas, you would have uh, the Malaysian and Chinese side uh, talking to each other uh, very much behind the scene. Usually they don't make this uh, public. But, well, unless it's really egregious, really serious, uh, mm. then perhaps uh, especially the Malaysian side would uh, make it public that they were encountered on South China Sea. But so this is nothing new, frankly speaking, right. this particular point. Yeah. I want to get your perspective um, as someone that observes the political scene, right? Um, where Malaysia wanting to strengthen ties with China is concerned, what is the thinking here? I mean, one would say uh, you've got no choice because China's a big player. Um, much like Singapore trying to maintain that neutral stance, what are your thoughts on Malaysia's moves here? Well, I think Malaysia is also trying to maintain their sort of uh, neutral stance. But of course, like most Southeast Asian countries, economy or economic interactions would be first and foremost, right, when it comes to, for example, foreign affairs. I mean, we would ideally like to welcome more high-tech, high-value-added investments from the U.S. and from the, the, the West in general. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, uh, well, they are not quite forthcoming. In these few years, as uh, many American factories are relocating from the, from China, uh, you see countries such as Vietnam, the, they benefited a lot from it. But uh, for Malaysia, for example, I think we are only starting to see the effect of this uh, relocation. Hopefully, some of these factories will be relocated to Malaysia. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Malaysia has been on, on a bit of a push uh, in recent years, talking about its workforce, the young workforce that's come up, and the land that Malaysia has as well. 
indeed, uh, Malaysia is blessed with a lot of natural resources, but how to harness them to, uh, fruitfully for the benefit of the Malaysian population, I think that is something to, which, uh, well, for example, this signing of an MOU to uh, export more palm oil to China, I think mm. it, uh, it's also about uh, building some facilities right. for uh, processing such uh, palm oil here. Okay, that's a great one. Um, let's talk about Malaysia's Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim's uh, allies uh, freed from graft charges. Um, what are we looking at in terms of these graft charges that were dropped? And where are we at in terms of the potential backlash? Well, I think that the Malaysian opposition, they are in particular not very happy about, uh, well, their own leaders were slapped with uh, similar charges and those charges were not dropped, whereby those of uh, the sitting uh, deputy prime minister, the, the, uh, those charges were summarily dropped. So these opposition leaders, for example, uh, during uh, the, the recent parliamentary sitting, they staged a so-called walkout when Anwar tried to justify dropping these uh, charges and so on. So I think we are looking forward to uh, yet another round of, shall we say, political theatrics surrounding this uh, dropping of charges. I, yeah. I, like, I like the word you use there, political theatrics, because let's bring back to mind that Mr. Anwar has said on several occasions that he will never interfere in the country's judicial process. Um, that statement doesn't seem to age very well. How's that? Could that come back to haunt him? Well, uh, I think he has bigger worries. Of sure, course, sure. Uh, his his own supporters are also not very happy about dropping these uh, charges because you know yeah. Anwar is supposed to be a reformist, and his supporters are supposed to be against corruption and so on. And here you are dropping charges on corruptions and and so on. But his bigger worry is perhaps you know that his own government may not be very stable because uh, in Malaysia nowadays there is an increasing number of uh, voters who would perhaps prefer more conservative ah. uh, well not necessary government but governance style yeah. at least yeah. and Anwar's governance it's uh, well, supposed to be reformist yeah. and in tune with the mainstream of international politics and so on yeah. and that doesn't sit well with these uh, voters. Yeah. Because sometimes conservative <laughs> equals or the perception of conservative equals stability right? Well, in this case, I think conservatism would uh, would mean more like uh, ruling the country according to uh, certain religious values sure, sure. and, shall we say, very strict set of values. Yeah. Fair point, fair point. Okay, Dr. O, let's have some fun. We've never had a conversation about uh, Thailand's political scene, and it's quite interesting. We've got one party leader who has resigned from August the 30th, and now uh, the potential for Ms. Peyton Tan Shinawat to become Pertai new leader. What are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, I think uh, what is most important is, of course, uh, just like in Malaysia, there's a realignment in, in politics in Thailand, whereas before we have always thought of uh, Takshin's uh, party, the Thai party versus the, the military uh, regime. The, but now it seems like the military parties and, and the Thai party, they have teamed up right, to become the, yeah. the ruling party. And of course, again, just like in Malaysia, 
Malaysia's previous government, even if you are in the same ruling coalition, sometimes you vie for, uh, for example, political dominance within the coalition, right? right, right. And I think in Thai Party, Thaksin would uh, indeed like to make sure that he and his, uh, well, I don't know, extended family would have a firm <laughs> control over the affairs of the party. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you got that family name going for you. So since you brought up Thaksin, uh, let's talk about Mr. Thaksin. He's now eligible for parole in February. Thai voters have complained of betrayal after his return and his per Thai party aligning with military-backed foes. Uh, is it fair to put it all on Mr. Thaksin? I mean, he's been away for the country for a long time. Well, yeah, indeed. And, well, there, there, there seems to be three camps in Thailand, right? Okay. Yeah, those uh, die-hard Thaksin supporters, mainly from the north, and then those uh, who are with the well, conservative military regime. And then there are those uh, around Bangkok, in and around Bangkok, who are more supportive and the, of the Move Forward Party and its allies. Yeah. So from time to time, you will see uh, some of the supporters of any of these three coalitions. Sometimes they come together. Sometimes they fight against one another. I think what is going on right now is simply Takshin supporters and the military supporters coming up together. And then, uh, you know, uh, they, they are confronting this, uh, shall we say, more progressive uh, supporters. Yeah. Just to be a bit cheeky, Dr. O. What hmm? happens after February then? Say Mr. Thaksin gets that parole, are we expecting a political comeback or is he just going to stay in the background? Well, I think he is used to staying in a political background by now. But, uh, well, he is likely to... Uh, well, if, if this current prime minister, who is from his party, would be more pliable, shall we say, <laughs> to his uh, commands and demands, then I think this guy could stay on for, for quite some time, right? If, on the other hand, this guy has a mind of his own and uh, try to institute certain policies which Takshin and his, shall we say, extended families uh, are not uh, liking, then uh, perhaps uh, you will see... An another round of um, internal party strife within the Pew Thai party. Yeah. Uh, your eloquence never fails to amaze me, Dr. O. <laughs> I've been speaking with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, thank you for your time, sir. Take care and have a great Wednesday evening. Thank you indeed. <laughs> to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.